Welcome to the local Joker, where I, where we, us, me, everybody, we're going to talk to local comedians and dissect their genius, see where they are in comedy, see what makes them tick, and uh, just get to know them, have some fun, shit, some giggles, and have a good time. My name is Gerald Dean. That's two names, not one. Gerald Pauls, D-E-A-N. And I'm here with Fresh Face, local Joker, Matt Longo, and we're about to have a good time. How you doing, I'm good, man. How are you? What's going on? How, how's things right now? How's the new year, even though it's only like two days? Uh, it, nothing's gone wrong yet, so I'll take that. <laughs> After last year and the <laughs> year know, before, man. Someone just called me. Chaos. Oh, man. Last year was, was, it was crazy. The year before was super crazy. And then last year went the whole... Why did last year hold on until the very end to let Betty White go? Why couldn't she have her birthday? Right. They got a change to cover that magazine. Now. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. And you said as long as everything's been going good so far. Someone yeah, called man. me today. Is like, can you pick me up? My key- I flushed my keys down the toilet. My car keys. I was like, what? How? 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 Like, how, how is that possible? So they said they were like, I guess, washing their hands. Their keys fell. It's a public restroom. And, <laughs> and automatic toilet. But keys like, gone. The sinks in a public restroom are never near the toilet. I don't understand. Like, you know how immense, immense know. you know, bathroom is set up. It's like stall, stall, urinal, urinal, urinal. Because you got to have yeah, was, I guess I'm, I'm, uh, I'm assuming it's one of those, uh, one of those unisex small one- Thing, uh, like a one person sink, toilet and that's it yeah yeah I, it, it has to be that's the only way it that's the only explanation <laughs> the only way right <laughs> now, like now their year is already fucked up the question becomes though like did you flush the toilet after you did your business first of all i'm assuming they did so it's like <laughs> toilet, right right so like you're about so to right. wash your hands just reach your hand in grab your keys and be out you know wash your hands after you know, and then wash your hands, spray yeah, the keys wash down, them, give them a something. sniff. And the cool thing about that, cool thing about that car is a newer car, so it had a key fob, so you didn't have to, you know, worry about oh, touching okay. it and starting and just have it in the car. Right. But they had to get a new key made today. Oh yeah, that's it sucks. sucks for them. All right, <laughs> let's let's get started. Uh, this is the easiest, simple beginning question, uh, basic interview question at the beginning. What got you into comedy? So I got into comedy because. I had like a really weird, rough upbringing. So my childhood was fucking nuts, okay? I grew up in group homes and foster care my whole life in in Massachusetts, all throughout like the state system. And all my life, uh, you know, people had kind of looked at me like I was a problem child and I was, but like that wasn't really what was Mm -hmm. going on, background going on that nobody knew about. But at any rate, I found that making people laugh made me feel good. And so that's what really got me into comedy was like, I felt good about myself making other people laugh. And I've always felt like the funniest people that I've ever known were the ones who it was due to trauma, you know, like they're funny because they've been through some shit. And so I just use that as kind of like my fuel. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so true. I think all comedians have something really dark behind the laughter. Yeah, <laughs> there's something there <laughs> and now I, at the beginning I mentioned you're fresh comic here in Vegas but you've been in Boston so how long have you been doing so I started back in 2018 and 
my first ever show was like so rough. Um, it was like the whole thing was rough. I was like super nervous and shaky. I literally, you could tell how green I was because it was just like joke punchline, joke punchline, joke punchline. There were no lead-ins. There was no conversation. I literally just got on stage and said jokes at people. And then after the show was over, I almost got arrested. What happened was I was, I went to this open mic, first time ever doing it. This dude, you know, brought me on stage, introduced me, whatever. I did some jokes, had a few drinks beforehand because I was ridiculously nervous. And I had driven the company car to this show because my work gave me like a company car and it was right by the comedy place. So I took the car to the comedy place, did my thing. And I had had like three or four shots, right? And I'm driving this little like Toyota Yaris, right? I leave the show and I'm feeling good. And I'm like, all right, this went well. Cause people laughed, not realizing it, you know, at the time, like, oh, you know, the host really was like, hey, he's brand new, laugh at him. So he doesn't, you know, kill himself when he goes home. Um, so super nice of him, Sean Carter, great guy. So I'm driving, I get 30 feet from this comedy place and I hit this like, island in the middle of the road it's like a super curb okay Uh and it it folds the fucking front tire of my work car under the car damn i know and um so i hit it and i'm immediately like fuck and so i i put my emergency lights on and i get out and it's a little bit it's like misting raining it's not like raining raining but it's like wet out Uh and i'm standing there in the fucking rain and i'm like oh fuck like and at this point hey, what, my boss what are you gonna is, do? yeah and my my boss at the time my direct boss was this super cool guy but his dad was one of the owners of the company and he was not a nice guy he was like a real <laughs> he was one of those dudes that was like you wanted him to be proud of you but he was never going to be you know what i mean right. yeah okay um, so yeah the bar was just so high. <laughs> and uh, everything you did, like you see, I got this done today. All right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, Oh, so you did your job. Great. Yeah. Right. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, fuck, who do I call? What do I do? And all of a sudden a cop pulls up behind my car. And I'm like, Oh, oh shit. I'm going to jail. That's that's where I'm at. Like I'm standing in the rain. My I probably smell like booze. I'm going to jail. Like this is how this would end. The cop, I fucking get, I get back in the car. I'm like, okay, let me get back in the car and I'll just crack the window and then he won't smell my breath, hopefully. And that's all I'm thinking. Right. Like, if I can keep him from smelling me, I have a shot at getting home. And if I can't, if I, as long as I don't get arrested, I can figure the fuck the rest out. That was my thought process. It was like, okay. I can figure okay. everything else out as long <laughs> as I don't get coughed up. So... But, you know, I roll down the window just a little bit. I tell him what happened. And he's like, okay, uh, he goes, step out of the car for me. And I'm like, and as right. I get out of the car, this dude runs all over to my car from across the street, this random dude. And he's like, man, he starts talking to the cop. He goes, man, I just hit this fucking thing 30 minutes ago. I'm sitting in the parking lot at the bar waiting for a fucking tow truck. 
this thing is in the middle of the road where it shouldn't be. It was like, you know, and the cops like, yeah, you're not like the first couple of people to hit this thing. Other people have like ran into this and fucked their cars up. And this just start interacting. And I'm just like, all right. And the cop goes, I'm going to just call you a tow truck. And I was like, can can I chill in the car? I got to call my boss. And he was like, yeah, do your thing. And I'm like, holy fuck. How am I not getting arrested? Wow. That was your your guardian drunk angel. Seriously. This dude just ran up out of nowhere. Like the universe provided. And I get, I get the tow truck. That's awesome. Oh dude. I was so lucky. And I, so I get the tow truck. I call my, my boss, my direct boss, not, not his dad, but like the nice one. And I tell him what happened. And me and him, like, this dude kept a bottle of, of vodka under his desk. Like me, I told him I was drinking because I was like, Mike's not going to, you know, Mike gets it. I'm like, yo, the tow truck's going to bring the car to the to the lot, you know, but like, I don't have money to pay for it. The, this job was like a courier job. And huh. it was a, a real small private company. And they hadn't paid us in several weeks because they just didn't have the money. Come to find out later, the owner, owner of the company like the big, big boss um, got into some trouble with some like loan sharks or something and was just like in debt up to his eyeballs, didn't have any money and was like losing money by the day to these loan sharks that he had taken a loan out. Oh, shit. Yeah, he ended up selling the company to the my boss's dad, my, you know, um, and so he bought the company and, and kicked his ass out. Uh, but at any rate, so... Um, so I was like, I'm broke. Like, I don't have no money. And so my boss Mike, right. was like, I'll give you my credit card information and pay for the tow and you can pay me back when you get paid. And I was like, all right. And at this point, I still lived a half hour from work. So I was like, I don't know how the fuck I'm getting home, <laughs> but I've got two thirds of this situation figured out. So I'm feeling good. You know what I mean? Right. I'm like, this is going my way. Maybe something will shake out. And it did. The tow truck driver was a super cool dude. Uh, I think his name was like Derek and he, fucking lived by me so he gave me a ride home after he towed the car Damn. But I don't that's know amazing I yeah it was crazy <laughs> all of this happened the first time i did stand up my first destiny for you to keep doing comedy right that was my, say, no but hey yeah like everything lined up <laughs> right because if you'd have messed around and went to jail you like maybe this comedy just not for me or like you could have got fired or you got the wrong like the angry boss well, all of it could have happened. That's the thing. Like everything right. that could have gone wrong would have been so bad. And none of it, everything fucking shook out right my way. I don't know. It, it was just like, <laughs> it came up Matt Longo every time. I don't know what happened. Right. Man, too bad you wasn't in Vegas because you should have went to the casino that night. <laughs> oh, no shit. I should have fucking put some money on black or something. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> That's um, a, oh, that was a great, Got into comedy story. Right. <laughs> and that was that was yeah. literally where I was like, all right, cool, I'm gonna keep doing these open mics. And I kept going back to that one venue. It was the uh-huh. only one I knew about, and it was the only open mic that I, I knew about in Boston because the scene wasn't really that big at that time. It's still in Boston, the scene's not as big as I wish it was. You know, out here in Vegas, there's shows every everywhere. You can always find a show. Um in Boston, you gotta like you got to kind of like plan your attack out there because it's only a few nights a week you got a shot. Wow, that's dope. That's really dope. Okay, so now, now you're feeling good. You're on the hot. Like no one can tell me nothing. I'm doing comedy. Have you bombed? 
after that? And if you did, how does how did that make you feel about comedy? So I actually I'm I'm so new that I haven't bombed yet, and that's nice. Uh, that's a terrifying Scary, place to be nice. in. Yeah, that's a real terrifying place to be in. But I've because of like my life up until this point, because of how I grew up and the things that I've had to go through in my life. I mean, group homes and foster care, and I've been homeless twice. Like, and I don't mean like some people are like, oh yeah, I was homeless, but you were couch surfing on your friend's fucking couch. You know what I mean? And that's still right. homeless. I I've like not on homeless benches, eating out of trash cans, homeless. You know what I mean? For months at a time. Um. So I'm like, fucking if I if I bomb, I bomb. If I fail, I fail. I'm cool with that because I've never I've never failed permanently at anything. You know. Okay. I, I figure it out. You fall down, you get up, you know, and I'm cool with that, that process. I enjoy that process of being like, all right, cool. I'm gonna learn something, you know, okay. I always just learn from my mistakes. And so it's not going to, it's not going to go my way every night. It's okay with me. <laughs> <laughs> my thing is I don't want to well, be awesome, the dude that like gets mad when he bombs and starts like cussing motherfuckers mm-hmm. out on stage. Cause that dude is nobody ends up liking that yeah. guy. Exactly. You bomb, you bomb. It happens. Uh, it, it will eventually happen. When yeah. it happened to me, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you feel bad. Like, I know y'all came to get entertained right. and I suck. <laughs> it's my fault. That's not yours. I couldn't relate it to you better. And it was an abortion joke that just set Ooh, the okay. whole trend of the rest of the set to go down. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I think sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta come out the gate hard like that and see what happens. I don't think that's really a bad thing. You know, you gotta right. try. So stuff. now, I, now I perfected it. Like this abortion joke is amazing to me. I do it. Everybody loves it now because it hits better. Before it just hit hard, and they were like, "Ah!" Oh. Now it hits, and like, "Ah, oh, you're wrong!" Ha ha! And they can keep going. There's like some build up <laughs> so, now, and people like you ease them into right. it a little more. Now, without me talking about that abortion joke. I almost getting canceled when I first. <laughs> Let's get into cancel culture and okay. political correctness. And is it affecting the climate of comedy? Like, do you think it's altering the way comedy is going to be told and done because of all what's going on? Yeah, I do actually, and it it kind of it kind of sucks. Um, it's a comics it's a comics job to be bold and to go places nobody's gone before and to say things nobody said before. And to make it funny. And anything can be funny. You know, it's about how you word it and how you present it. Anything can be funny. It doesn't matter what it is. And right. I genuinely believe that anything can be made funny, you know, if you do it correctly. Um, and I just think this cancel culture stuff is like a little crazy. Um, I, I'm terrified, God forbid, if I ever like made it in comedy and got big because I've done so many dumb things in my life that I'm like, fuck, if anybody were to see me on TV and be like, that motherfucker did this to me. And I'd be like, yeah, that's him. (laughs) You know, I'd be making like Kevin Hart apologies on Twitter every five seconds, like all day. That would be my whole career. (laughs) Um, I've grown now since then. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I'm a better person. I swear. But like, you know, so I just think, and then like, dude, they canceled Dave Chappelle, the goat, the goat. They canceled the goat. You know, uh, I they they tried to cancel him. I'm they're saying trying. to cancel him because there's, yeah, they're trying hard. I, I don't see there's any canceling of Dave Chappelle. Even the joke that he told, but not even if I wasn't a comedian looking at the joke, mm-hmm. hearing it, I didn't feel like it was that bad. 
I right. I didn't either. I think that um he was telling a story about somebody like in the closer in that special a personal did, story about right. somebody he loved. You could tell that he cared about this person and that they were special to him and that right. That should that should. And as a comedian, you and I are like, oh, that's so dope that right. he would do that on stage and, and bring this person to the light like that and, and tell their story when he didn't have to. Right. But I just think the whole cancel culture thing is like a little crazy to me, man. You can't say like anything. I got tons of jokes that I can't do, you know, because it just won't fly. And part of me understands right. that that is like social progress. Like I understand, I think that there's there's a like a, a progression to the whole thing. It's kind of like it will evolve. So like right now it's cancel right. culture and it's bringing to light, uh, you know, the, the things in this country that are wrong, right? The things that need to be fixed, uh, racism, bigotry, things like that that really do need to be addressed and fixed because as, as a society, we don't move forward. We're only as strong as our weakest person. So until we, we're all on that page of like, we all love and respect each other, no one can move forward. So I get what yeah. the goal is, you know what I mean? And I think that through time- right, But everything going on, cancel culture yeah. is like a thin line between, yeah, and it's like a thin line between progression and overkill like they just yeah they're like and they're they're, people line, they're toxic. Think, like they're bring out toxic escalation. yeah yeah there are people who i think do it for attention and that's it's like anything else there's going to be people who do it in a toxic way and people who are really trying to like create reform yeah right and they're like it's all about perspective yeah. Right, like like the people are doing it for the attention. They're gonna take every little thing, literal or whatever, and try to make it bigger than what it is. And then the people who are doing it for like the right reasons, progression, love, like they see where it is, where you're heading, and they just want you to correct it, like course correct, not right. stop it completely. And it's just like driving, man. It's that's a good that's a good way to put it. It's course course correction, and so some right. people overcorrect and they crash the car. You know. And that's all it is. There you go. Exactly. You know? <laughs> that's exactly what it is. All right. This is this is a great, great interview so far, y'all. We're gonna go to a quick break. And when we come back, it's gonna be advice time. Now, advice time, very simple. This is what it is. I'm gonna read a letter. Matt is going to give some great, amazing sound advice. I feel like he's well versed and he can do that. Or, or since he's a comedian, he can give some complete, unadulterated, ignorant, who cares. This is just fun advice, whatever you want to do. And I'm here <laughs> to see which way we're going to go with this. And we were going to run with it together, unpack the letter. And that's what that is. We're about to get into this letter. This is my first time hearing it when I read it. So <laughs> we're both going to be get the same reaction at the same time. <laughs> All right, here we go. I am a 38-year-old single mom. And my daughter is a sophomore at a local college. She lives on campus but she comes home to wash clothes on the weekends. She has been dating an upperclassman and I wanted to meet him. So she brought him over to the house a few weeks ago. As soon as she and the guy walked in, I could not believe how fine this young man was. He is a 22 year old senior and he is 6'2", creamy chocolate skin. He has the head on his shoulders, it's all straight. He plans to graduate next summer. 
I could not keep my eyes off of him. The second time my daughter brought him to the house, she said she had to run to the store to get some fabric softener. And although the guy offered to go with her, she told him he could stay with me. So then it's just me and the guy alone. And he told me he's been hoping my daughter would let him come back to the house to see me. So I told him I felt the same way and I could not wait to see him again, too. We ended up in each other's arms, kissing at first. And then, well, one thing led to another. We were on the floor of the living room. It was a quickie, but it was amazing. My daughter returned home and we all laughed and talked while she washed clothes. The guy broke up with my daughter later that week and my daughter took it quite well. Now he's calling and texting me, but I have an even bigger issue. I just found out I'm pregnant, and I have not told anyone yet. <laughs> uh, I dread telling my dollar uh, <laughs> for all the little and then the judgmental people in my family. I don't even know this guy how he would react because he's got plans for his life, not including a child. How should I tell him I'm pregnant with his baby? Please help. Um, holy shit. I mean, I guess, so there's like two courses of action, right? There are two courses of action in a situation like this. Um, You either tell everybody everything, right? That's really one of the options. It's like you tell your daughter what happened, you tell him you're pregnant, you figure it out, and y'all have to get through it together, and you probably ruin your relationship with your daughter, and you fuck up this kid's life forever. Or (laughs) option B... Option plan B, B. <laughs> which is, yeah, that would be plan B is plan B. Like you get rid of the kid and you sleep it under the rug and you forget any of that shit ever happened. And you tell him to stop texting you. You're like, hey, listen, you know, we, we like banged it out real quick. It was fun. But that was it. OK, he's 22. She probably got his nose wide open now because he's texting Colin wants to be with her. Oh, yeah, he's so he might be okay a with the patch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he might well, like you're the baby. Do you want a 22 year old father of your child? That's the question. Because like, right, he's gonna drop out of college. There's no way he finishes college, right? So now you got to support this motherfucker and a kid, right? And he's resenting you because he could have been something. And he cheats. He clearly cheats. He cheated on your yeah. daughter. Facts. He's a cheater, right? So, like, he obviously is going to go get some pussy somewhere else eventually because that's who he and is. Fuck the daughter person. again because right. that's the daughter. And so it just feels like none of that could ever work, right? Like, the but, only yeah. good thing that comes out of that is, like, you have another baby. But now you're, like, a 40, 50-year-old person with a baby. And I just can't see none of that going well regardless. Like, they're, like having that baby is... is complicated health-wise. We call those geriatric pregnancies. And that, that's a dangerous place to be in, you know what I mean? Like, that gets right. complicated really quickly. Uh, medically, you know? Right, the safer course of action. Is it safer for you to, you know, eject the problem, or is it safe for you to have it? And either way, your relationship with your daughter is fucked. Like, if you have and, the kid, fuck. You tell her what's happening, fuck. Just... <laughs> And then the kids fuck like the, no matter what, no matter what happens, that kid is never going to have a normal family or a normal life because there's no way dad sticks around. There's right. there's no way mom isn't fucked up about her relationship with her daughter for a long time. So the kid ends up suffering due to the stress on the family and the stress on the situation. Um, I mean, plan B. 
I'm pro-choice. You should have took plan B right after. Like, yeah. she should have, but, but she can do the plan B, which is actually plan A. And plan A. <laughs> <laughs> like, Lord. my abortion jokes, uh, I say people don't like abortions because of the name, right? If it had a better name, people would be okay. Because you can't be mad at Sunday. <laughs> now she can go have a Sunday and everything will be okay. <laughs> you can't be mad at ice cream. That's the, that's right. the truth. That's the truth. I didn't throw it I, the first time, didn't tell it right. But ever since now, everybody gets it. They laugh and it doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got I got a joke like that too, man. I really, I, I get that. So I got a joke that I... I have a joke I stopped doing because um, I, I, I used to do it first. Out, like first joke out of the gate. It was the joke that I would do. And it would always like split the crowd down the middle. Half the people would laugh their asses off. And the other half were like, that's not fucking funny. And I just stopped doing it. Cause I was like, I can't right. figure out how to work this properly. There's nowhere in an open mic set that it fits other than the beginning. Everybody on your side. Yeah. And it was, I was like, there's no way that, that, like comedians are the only people that are gonna laugh at this. Oh, it was the, the best only ones, though. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think if I ever start bombing, I might pull it out just because, like, at that point, fuck it, I don't care what happens. Might as well. <laughs> <laughs> that was a crazy one. Awesome. Let's get back into the uh, laughing shits and giggles. Who makes you laugh? Local jokers, famous people. Who's out here? They're making you laugh. So I actually, um, the reason I started kind of getting back into comedy, because I took a break when I moved here. I moved here to Vegas three years ago and I took a break from comedy. Um, mm -hmm. I have friends, uh, the, the Corpus Comedy Collective um, and like Tina La Cochina and Anna Ramirez and Brandon Dolly, um, all these guys from Corpus Christi, Texas, uh, they're hilarious. And I, oh, love, nice. I love them. I love watching them. Um, super funny people. Uh, Ralphie May is the reason I kind of got into comedy uh, in the first place. Oh, He's Ralphie one May. Of, one of my favorite comedians. I love storytellers. I love people right. who can tell a story and make it funny. Um, Steve Ranazizi, the dude from The League is a comedian. Mm -hmm. He's an amazing storyteller and he's super funny. You know, Dave Chappelle, um, Joey Diaz, uh, Uncle Joey, another one of my favorites. Like these are the guys that like, I feel like I'm drawn to for their story. All right. You know? Nice. Yeah. And um, they, they, they're real comfortable with their stories too. So they, they, yeah, they just draw you in. Cause it's natural. It's funny. It's right. natural. Usually it's a little bit fucked up. You know what I mean? So, those, yeah, those guys, uh, Cat Williams is another one. He's just, like, this really great storyteller, uh, at least, like, in his, in the beat, like, when he blew up in the prime and, of yeah. his career. And he didn't get his just due. Like, he was there, and then everybody just wanted to rain down on him for, like, one or two little things, and he didn't get to get further where he needed to be. He got so I think big, he should so be higher than, higher than Kevin. Like I, 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 like, I think he has more time in the game than Kevin, right, too. Right. Like, so he should be further along. And Kevin, he should be doing more movies or whatever. Like, I just think he should be like a step above Kevin. Like, they're both short and funny. <laughs> but I just but they like came out at the Kevin. same time. Right. They came out around the same time and just cat. 
was going a little way faster than him. He was just yeah. hitting, hitting. Everything. I think he just got everything he did people. was gold for a while, you know. And right. Cat so. joined uh, dip set and his set dipped. <laughs> yeah, you ain't kidding, man. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, so, with comedy, now you've gotten back into it. Now, is this a hobby? You just do it. You like to, you know, relieve stress and laugh, or you see it going somewhere and you wanted to see something bigger out of comedy for you? The more I do it, the the, the farther in love I fall with right. the whole thing. I love. I've always loved being around comedians. Um, mm-hmm. Always and. So like, I just, everything about comedy draws me in, you know, like that, that, you know, late night shitty venue at, at some obscure bar where you're doing an open mic set and there's, you know, 20 people nobody's ever heard of, um, just trying different shit. Uh, all of that, just, I love it. I, I love the grunge of like the beginning of comedy. Yeah. Um, I almost, I'm almost afraid if I get, anywhere and in, in, if I start a career with it and I get anywhere with it I'm almost like I'm like shit I'm always going to come back to these places you know I feel like the best thing about with comedy and comedians is not really the sets it's the the banter the hanging out in front of those the, the location right because that's what comedians usually do we're not going to be mingling in the audience we're going to be outside smoking <laughs> a cigarette talking shit that's talking like shit. Right. <laughs> having a great time we're talking about yeah. the venue we're talking about the shitty ass audience whatever talking about oh. <laughs> going over and it's great because the way we all think is so abstract but it's yeah. hilarious like but we're all on the same wavelength at the same time like we're not <laughs> all thinking of the same way but we are it's and it's very great it's hilarious and you get every type of personality and everything out of, out of comedians you know like you've got every walk of life and the jokes bring you together you know yes it's this unity that you never, it's like a brotherhood, man. People, especially like out here, as I've kind of started to go to shows and, and meet people, mm-hmm. everybody's been so nice and supportive and everybody wants to help everybody. Everybody helps each other. It's this amazing community. There's, never, I haven't met a hater. I haven't met a hater yet. And I'm like floored by that. Yeah, And it's really great because I don't see why would you hate on other comedians like exactly because you know what they're going through you've, you've either right. gone through it or you're going through it now there's no you know? there's no need for comedy beef and that would be very weird <laughs> i agree but you know something you know you expect that uh I, I mean maybe not everybody but like you know humanity in in general can be you know humans can be kind of kind of weird yeah. sometimes and yeah. so and, and that probably is there but, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. But I don't think those not people highlighted. last very long in the crowd. They don't end up coming back around after a while because they're like, oh, nobody, nobody fucks with me because I'm not on that wave right. that all these other people are on. You're saying that you want to go possibly make something out of it, afraid if you do. But what ha- what if you're doing well, someone comes up to you and they want to give you a special or a sitcom or something, but the only catch is you have to join the Illuminati. Are you joining? Hell yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. Listen, I don't care what anybody says, okay? Uh, anybody who's like, no, I wouldn't do it, blah, blah. No, fuck you, you're lying, okay? I grew up with nothing. I will not die with nothing, okay? So if I got to join the Illuminati to have the lifestyle I want and meet the people I want and do the things I want, then fucking sign me up. That's what I say. I'm there. I will sacrifice anything. Baby, mom, whoever. Whatever. Baby's mother. 
I'm sacrificing. <laughs> Everybody in the same room. Doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. I'm all for it. Because I'm trying to live rich and, and put my story out there. So if, hey, if I got to do it with Illuminati, I'm doing it. All right. Because the whole one. point is leaving the legacy. You know what I mean? And now you have more people talking about you because it's speculation that you join. There's people that really believe you join. And there's people that says, no, he's never joined. And that's that's always putting you on the top. <laughs> Right. Okay. Here's another one. If a vampire bites a zombie, what happens? I, that's an interesting question. Okay. So, <laughs> well, zombies, uh, I actually, I work in the medical field. So I'm thinking about this from a medical standpoint. <laughs> uh, okay. So I, I might get technical on you. Let's get this. Zombies, Let's go. Zombies don't have a, have blood flow. That's the whole point is like the brain is, is completely disconnected from the rest of the body, which allows them to be, you know, <clears throat> zombies. So, okay. A vampire, one, I don't inherently, I, I don't think a vampire would bite a zombie at all because there's no reason to. You're not going to get it. Because they're cold. And, right? and there's no blood flow. So you're not going to, it's not like you're biting them to eat or turning him. I think you need the blood flow to turn somebody into a vampire. So I would okay. assume that nothing would happen and then the vampire would get bitten by the zombie and probably become a zombie vampire. And yeah. then you might have a whole another fucking pandemic. <laughs> Oh, whole lot shit song. <laughs> yeah, like now you got zombies with fucking superpowers and shit. <laughs> right, and zombies can walk around in the daylight. So I don't know if they would lose that power if they became a vampire zombie. They might just now you got blade zombies running around, and that ain't right. Cool. Blade <laughs> zombies, all all the powers, none of the weaknesses, and they yeah. eat your brain. <laughs> hey, fuck! The whole world's fucked at that point. That's some fucked up stuff. <laughs> this has been an amazing, amazing interview. This is one of my best ones. Because your story at the beginning knew you was destined for comedy greatness because you fuck up a company car and still <laughs> get home. That's amazing. <laughs> the lady in the story, she needs plan B or plan A for or Sunday. Plan B needs to be her plan everybody's B. life up. You're enjoying taking it to the stages and hanging out with other comedians. I do as well. I, I think that's like the best part of doing any comedy. If it's a book show, open mic, whatever, is that whole camaraderie that, you know, that brotherhood or that subculture of comedy. This has been a great show. Now, before we go, let everybody know your socials, what you got coming up, if you got anything, where they can see you, where they can hear you. Let's go. Sure. On Instagram, Vegas Bound and Down. Just look up Vegas okay. Bound and Down. I don't know. My social media is jacked up, so I don't really know what all of it is. Look me up, Matt Longo on Facebook, and you know, check out these these open mics, and I'll, I'm sure you'll see me. <laughs> all right, awesome, beautiful. So this has been the local Joker, Matt Longo, for coming through. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was uh, an amazing podcast. <laughs>